What's up? What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Fuck That Shit. Happy New Year, everybody. We are officially in February. It's been one month. And listen, when I tell you that time has been timing, time has been timing. (laughs) Somebody once told me once, uh, specifically when it comes to teaching, that the days were long, but the years went by fast. And listen, I get it. Now, I've been some really, I've been through some really great highs, and I've also been through some tough lows, especially as it pertains to my physical and my mental health, right? (laughs) Nothing new, nothing new. But listen, long story short, about two years ago, I got injured playing basketball. And it wasn't so much an injury-related thing during a game, um, but more so just an overuse of my Achilles tendon in general. It was tendonitis. Uh, Now, if you're an athlete, you know how painful that can be. And unfortunately, I had ignored the symptoms for so long that during a point in a game, it became uh, pretty apparent that I needed to stop playing (laughs) and stop playing completely. Um, So yeah, that was really tough. Um, And nothing has really quite been the same for me. Um, now, if you know me, you know, that basketball has always been kind of a space of homecoming for me. Um, I played ball most of my life growing up. I played with my schools. I played rec leagues and always went to basketball camp over the summers. You know, listen, as they say, ball was life. And once I got into college, though, I stopped playing altogether. Uh, not because I wanted to, but because I didn't go to a traditional college. I was traveling every year. And we were pretty much country hopping semester to semester, year to year. And all that to say, we didn't have any sports teams. So I fell out of the game. Uh, To be honest, it just felt as though I'd probably never play again. It never really crossed my mind. Flash forward to my first year as a teacher and I'm back in New York City. And I heard students dribbling in the gym and shooting around. Uh, And I passed by on my way to the office or in between classes. And Sometimes I would pop in the game just to watch students play and it started to make me feel really nostalgic about the way basketball made me feel growing up. One day I asked a student to pass me the ball and in my high heeled boots, y'all, I took my first shot. (laughs) Now, did I make it? We don't need to go over that. But even if I completely missed, I remember instantly just how much I missed the game. I made it a point and a new habit on my lunch hour to pass by the gym and play ball with my students. Now, basketball for me has been about building community through sport and through movement. And as a teacher, it became an icebreaker that connected me with my students who honestly could care less about their performance in my class. (laughs) Anywho, it got me thinking, I need to get back to this. Too much time has passed and I wasn't willing to spend any more time not playing ball. Shout out to Meetup, an app that gets you connected with others looking for the same experiences. I was able to find a bunch of pickup games with both co-ed and specifically for women. And y'all, I felt like a kid again, rushing to pick up games after a stressful day at work. And I felt the connection to the game that I thought I had fallen out of touch with. In my journey, I met a lot of dope ass people connecting over the love of the game and the possibility of a basketball injury never crossed my mind. Like, hello, I'm in my 20s. I'm invincible. (laughs) But I was determined to play as often as possible. And so I did, sometimes multiple times a week. Basketball got me out of my own head. It got me into my body, all while being able to connect with others. Now, as someone who experiences bouts of anxiety and depression, basketball offered two remedies that made me feel balanced and like I belonged, movement and community. So you can imagine just how big of a toll this game-ending tendonitis took on my mental health, let alone my physical health. 
Now, doctors and friends seemed optimistic, and they'd say they'd expect improvement in about six months with consistent physical therapy. But like, flash forward two years later, when I thought I was healed, I'd still find myself hurt after each game. Um, And shit, like, I could not get rid of this injury. Looking back, I had experienced pain for quite some time before the moment I knew I was fucked, but in true athlete form, I ignored it and pushed through the occasional painful moments. So, uh, all right, well... (laughs) <laughs> why am I even mentioning all this? I mean, listen, I, I I suppose I had you fooled that this whole episode was about social media or whatever, and your girl is just talking about basketball. Well, bitch, chill the fuck out. <laughs> I'm getting there. Listen, you see, two years later, I was struggling with getting back to my place of normal. I was so focused on returning to that version of myself, a version that social media couldn't dare let me forget about, whether it was watching everyone's IG stories or posts or even with the fucking damn iPhone feature of photo memories. I was in constant woe is me mode and just wishing to get better so that I could get back to the game, get back to the community, and more importantly, get out of my head and get back into my body. Now, I found refuge in dancing burlesque, something that I took on as a hiatus from ball. And while that helped to feel my creative side, I still really missed participating in the basketball community. Now, even with low-impact movements like burlesque and whatever, yoga, who fuck knows, uh, my Achilles tendonitis wasn't getting any better. Now, my podiatrist advised that the logical next step was to move forward with a minimally invasive procedure called 10X. Now, those that know me know that your girl has had a rocky journey with her feet. (laughs) Yes, my feet, y'all. Okay, I have busted ass feet. Ben had them, always had them, some big fat ass feet. All right. She's sturdy and she always has been so sturdy that nurses and doctors would comment on them during physicals and say things like, wow, or boy, I bet you'd make a great swimmer. (laughs) Like, okay, let's keep our commentary on mute when it comes to the developing body of a young girl. You know what I'm saying? For reference, I remember being 13 at the time of those comments, Uh, but they weren't wrong. Okay. I had very wide feet, still do quadruple E baby. All right. Nowadays, I like to think that, you know, the fatter the foot, the fatter the pussy. Okay. (laughs) Now, how else am I going to keep up all this body? Okay. Whatever. That's for another pod. I share all of this to give context as to the very real insecurity I have um, and that I've always had around my feet. I have always played sports, but I have also always been fitting my feet into shoes that probably never fit properly. And I think that has contributed to a lot of trauma that the dogs have endured. Okay. Flash forward to sophomore year now of high school. And at that point, your girl developed some serious bunions and I was playing basketball most seasons, either with school or in rec leagues. And I never gave these feet a rest. And so I ended up getting bunionectomies on both feet during the off seasons. Now, if you don't know about bunionectomies, then sorry, excuse me, bunionectomies, <laughs> then you know it's a gnarly ass procedure. And poor little high school Emma was out on bed rest for a long time. Uh, and then when I was well enough to go to school, my my ass scooted around them halls with the little scooters that you put your knee on. <laughs> now, I don't think I was really conscious of it then, but I was a developing young woman. Those procedures took their toll on me, feeling broken and busted in those formative years. Listen, It would later inform my reaction to the most recent procedure I went through, all while I thought, uh, as a grown-ass woman, it wouldn't be such a big fucking deal. 
Um, but it definitely felt like a way bigger deal than I had anticipated. Now, with all that said, I want you to imagine your podiatrist telling you that 10x, a minimally invasive procedure, would take four to six weeks to heal, and that I would essentially be walking out of the hospital after I was done. Well, goddamn, a bitch was bamboozled because I definitely did not walk out of there. I was wheeled out and did my very best to use crutches by walking on my tippy toes. Yes, I had both feet done at the same time because why not? It was minimally invasive, right? <laughs> God, I look back. Um, I was shooketh to say the least. And while I can say the pain was at least minimal, I was just flabbergasted that this was not the experience I was sold and things quickly started to go south. After the procedure, I was instructed to stay off my feet for a week. The first few days I had gone with, um, I had good friends stay with me, but over the remainder of the rest of the week, I was home alone for the most part, crawling on my hands and knees. <laughs> Shout out to the friends that popped in to check on me because it was rough, y'all, and I love you. Now, to be honest, the only thing that I had to keep me company was Netflix, my cat, my thoughts, and my phone. And, well, Lord knows I wasn't trying to be in my own head the whole damn time. And when Netflix got boring, I turned to Instagram and, you know, something I probably would have done any other day of the fucking week before the procedure. But it's safe to say that even before this, I was low-key addicted to social media. Um, I think a lot of us are little crack addicts when it comes to social media. It's all too easy to get sucked into the doom scroll. I mean, there's so much to fucking see. All right. You're catching up on people's lives. You're getting sold some cute ass shit. You probably, probably made by child laborers. And then also having some self-help page tell you about yourself. I mean, the noise was loud, loud, y'all. <laughs> and so... I'd sit there day in and day out, and I'd fall deeper and deeper into this pit of despair, feeling as though, one, everyone's living a better life than me, and two, I'm a miserable, broken piece of shit, and I ain't got nothing to contribute, and three, I'm broke as hell and can't afford all of these goddamn ads. <laughs> the self-deprecation was unbearable, and I finally got to my breaking point, uh, looked at my reflection on my phone as I went to reach for it, caught myself... <laughs> already to start leaning into the self-loathing. And I said, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Like for real, what the hell was I doing with myself? Why the hell was I reaching for something that was making me feel less than? And I knew that I had serious problems. So I went ghost. I was like, it is not enough to just delete this goddamn app off my grid. I'm disabling the accounts and I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Off social media, of course, because my ass really couldn't go nowhere. Um, but essentially, in all this time, I really sat with my shit and realized that a lot of this self-loathing came from a place of feeling the need to perform. And all I was doing was consuming everyone's content. Uh, I didn't feel like I was in a place to share anything positive on my end. And I mean, of course I wasn't. What the hell was I expecting? I guess at some point I thought maybe I'd escape the very real and overwhelming feelings of loneliness and doubt and instead try to create and project some idea of comedic relief, right? That sounds like Emma. <laughs> um, well, I just didn't have it in me anymore. And so in that time I was off social media, I realized just how lame it fucking is. All right. And listen, I know now just how drunk off the juice I have been. You see, after some further reflection... I realized how social media triggers my perfectionism and my performanceism. While recovering from surgery, I began to notice just how overwhelmed I felt by the feeling of underperforming as I watched everyone else's stories, 
whether they were having the time of their lives or posting their to-do lists or their sweaty selfies. Okay. It left me feeling as though I wasn't doing enough. And of course my gimpy ass wasn't going to do anything, but somewhere down the line, apparently, um, I had internalized the idea that unless I was being productive or contributing in a quote, meaningful way, then I was essentially worthless. I mean, unless I could prove my value to others, that I wasn't worth the praise. I wasn't worth the attention and therefore affection. Now, when I came to that conclusion, I really had to take a hard look at myself and push back and acknowledge, uh, one, just how rooted in ableism and that series of beliefs is. And two, what does it say about me and the culture that we're living in that the functionality of our bodies dictates how our productivity and thus our value in society is? I mean, well, I'm just going to say that again. The functionality of our bodies dictates our productivity and thus dictates our value in society. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest, right? Fuck that shit, right? Now, you might be listening to this thinking, goddamn, this chick has lost her goddamn mind or, oh man, she's so hard on herself. But I urge you to take a careful look at your feed. I want you to figure out how much of what you're consuming is linked to able bodies shaking and moving their way in this world. And if we're not doing that, then it's someone filming themselves adulting and fucking cleaning. They can use co- subconsciously thinking, damn, I know I'm a dirty slob because um, I'm watching this knowing damn well I got a sink full of dishes, right? God. I mean, it's it's low-key cathartic. I do love to watch a bitch clean their fucking space on Instagram. Um, but it's crazy to think about um, just how rooted in just production, right? Everything needs to have a meaning, Everything needs to be, I'm doing something, okay? Uh, Now, social media has essentially morphed into a beast that I don't think anyone would have anticipated. It's become a vacuum for people to not only post their highlight reels, but to also share just how much of an active and productive member of society they fucking are. Um, I say this because I used to do this, and it's easy to think, well, it holds me accountable to post that sweaty selfie. And I don't disagree with you, babe. (laughs) I sure don't, all right? Because I... I certainly plan on doing it some more. Uh, But the next time you feel the urge to contribute to the feed of hyperproductivity, ask yourself, would I post or celebrate myself resting? Um, Would I share the pint of ice cream that I just ate for dinner? (laughs) Okay. And if your answer is no, then maybe you should reconsider posting it. You see, I've just decided to check out of the hyperproductivity posting culture. Uh, Y'all are going to get this nitty gritty fucking realness, okay? You're going to get the unfiltered and you're going to get the cringe. Let's just talk about it. You're going to get all the cringe. (laughs) Fuck the highlight reel, okay? And you're going to have to fucking deal with it, baby, all right? Because posting the really real side of life is the radical act. And if it hadn't been for that procedure, if it hadn't been for me feeling like fucking utter shit... I would have never deleted my social media. I know damn well I would have kept contributing to the noise, but taking time away from my screen gave me the perspective I needed to take notice that all I was doing was perpetuating a culture that ultimately only made me feel worse. Now, I've ragged on about how much I think social media is bullshit. Um, And listen, I am also very much able to acknowledge what I can appreciate about it. I'm not going to lie to you and say, I'm never using social media again. Okay. That's just not realistic to me. Okay. Your girl likes attention, (laughs) 
But there's other things that I like about it, right? I really like witnessing my friends' journeys. I like finding inspiration in fashion, home inspiration. Uh, I love following badass accounts where women are being bold and inspiring me to do the same. I follow some pretty dope and food fitness accounts as well. Okay, this is the shit I like. But let me tell you what I don't like. Bitches selling me shit. Bitches feeding into fat phobia disguised as quote fitness and everyone's quote how to for fucking anything. (laughs) God damn it. The noise is so loud. Shut the fuck up and let me live. But guess what? It is no one else's responsibility to cater their feed to my interests. It's simple. Okay. It is my responsibility alone to seek out content with intention and filter out anything that doesn't align with my goals and my values with a fucking quickness. Okay. And so as we wrap up our first month in a new year, I ask you, is your social media feed inspiring you or is it draining you? Do you follow anyone that makes you feel like you aren't doing enough or that you're not enough? And if so, do yourself the fucking favor and unplug bitch. And if you're not willing to do that, I'm going to ask that you review the accounts that you follow and and unsubscribe from the bullshit. Following accounts that do nothing less than inspire and energize us is essentially like keeping clothes around that you hope will fit someday. And guess what, honey? Keeping those clothes around will never make you feel good about yourself. Social media has a fucking chokehold on us. And if you're not careful, you won't even realize that you're not getting enough air. Fuck that shit. Until next time. Hey, hey, you, have you uh, left a review? Have you uh, given your girl some stars? (laughs) Listen, go review now. Um, Listen, everybody that puts something out there deserves a little feedback. So if you've made it this far and you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to share with others. And please, please, please don't forget to rate your experience and also leave a review. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you didn't like. Tell me what you want to hear more about. I really want this to be a conversation and I really want to hear from you. All right. Talk to you soon. Stay tuned for more episodes and conversations about navigating the bullshit and staying true to you by subscribing to the show. And as we say, what's said here stays here, but what's learned here leaves here. And if you've got anything from today's episode, please share. You can find me on fuck that shit pod on Instagram and Twitter, and that's FCK, that shit pod. Or even better, share this episode with someone who might benefit from it. I'm always here for the conversation, and I look forward to staying connected.